0: What's up, everybody? Here we are with the Energy is Love podcast. It's been in full swing now for a little while, a couple weeks, maybe a week. I don't know. It's going great. We're loving everything that we're doing, and we're loving everybody that we're getting to talk to and meet and spreading this love and this energy out there. So I'd like to thank our sponsors for the show, Crystal Water Float Spa. Go online, crystalwaterfloat.com, or find them on Facebook at their Facebook page. You can just search Crystal Water Float Spa. If you're enjoying the podcast and you're enjoying listening, by all means, donate. We've got a GoFundMe account set up. You can go find that on our Facebook page. We've got it linked there. Like I said, if you're enjoying the podcast and you're enjoying what we're doing, go and support us. Throw us some cash. Send us some love and some energy so that we can keep doing it and we can keep expanding and seeing where this thing grows. We're also always looking for new sponsors. If you want to become a sponsor of the podcast, we'd love to have you. Reach out and contact us. You can email us at energyislovepodcast at gmail.com or go to our Facebook page and message us there. You can find us on Facebook at Energy Is Love Podcast. On today's episode, we get to talk with Kat Meyer. Kat's a uh, conscious channeler. She's somebody that works with clients, and in that process, she connects to the source of energy that we all stem from and channels information for that person and for that moment. She does some really amazing work. I've actually had sessions with Kat before in the past, and she's got some really wonderful insight to help you with your life. And You know, this interview was great. this really neat things happening in in all these interviews that I'm doing, and I'm really enjoying it. And Cat was no different. Um, I got some insight into her as a person, and not just the way that she works with energy, but kind of the way she moves through life. And I love the fact that we get to share that message with people, and hopefully, it's helping people. Hopefully, it's helping you in your process. Maybe you're going on a journey yourself. Maybe you're waking up. Maybe you're starting to experience things and look at things differently. And now you have a place you can go. You can relate. You can listen. Now you have some place where you can get some insight and that's the that's the intention behind the podcast and Cat had great great things to say and it was a really fun interview. Here we go with Cat Meyer on the Energy is Love podcast. Energy is Love. The Energy is Love podcast. Energy is Love. The Energy is Love podcast. The Energy is Love podcast. The Energy is Love podcast. Podcast for the universe. Energy is Love. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. What's up, everybody? Thank you for joining us again today on the Energy is Love podcast. My guest is Kat Meyer. She's here sitting before me. You guys get the opportunity to learn all about her. So, how are you doing today, Kat?
1: I'm wonderful. Thank you. How are you, Craig? Good.
0: Good. Thank you for coming out, sitting (laughs) down for the podcast. So, first thing I want to ask you, because I've been thinking about what I'm going to talk to you about and what I'm going to ask. And tell us first off just a little bit about you, just real brief kind of, and then I'll give you my question.
1: Okay. (laughs) Well, um, my name is Kat. I'm from here in Salt Lake. I started doing readings professionally about a year ago, actually, this month. Um, I started out. I have a long history of just my own personal work, and it occurred to me right before my 30th birthday, actually like, wow, maybe, maybe this is something I can do for other people. And so I started doing that for family and friends and eventually ran into Betty was, was led to Betty. That's, that's its own story. And I'm happy to tell you if you're interested, but, um, yeah. So I started doing soul works a year ago and have been doing readings professionally ever since.
0: Okay. Now my question is, cause what you call your stuff, what you do when you have a session, when you have a reading, you channel, right? Correct. Perfect. That's what I want to talk about.
1: Oh, okay. I want to
0: get into that. And so you can explain, like, first off, just explain a little bit about the process for you when you're sitting down with somebody and what what it is that you do.
1: Well, I incorporate uh, a lot of crystals into my readings. So it's kind of a a twofold thing. When somebody sits down, um, I begin by quieting you know neutralizing the energy, whatnot, matching a vibrational level with the crystals and then I place a grid. So I've got, I've got a couple of different reasons for doing that. Um, the first is with, with connecting with the crystals I'm able to kind of tune into the energy and pull in the ones that will help uh, specific messages to transmit. So given the energy of the crystals and the other part that provides a a wonderful benefit is the grid that gets laid out often provides an extra level of insight into the person's situation.
0: Is it typically different for everybody?
1: I've never had two that were the same.
0: And is it, I mean, when you're doing that, I'm assuming you have, you know, your crystals and your stones and things like that, that you bring with you. Um, do you have ones that you kind of will always typically use or are you just intuitively filling what is for that person at that moment?
1: I intuitively pick them and it's interesting because before an event, I have, I have so many crystals in my home <laughs> and it's my daughter counted them one time It's you know, a year ago. It was yeah. Like... We need a separate room for all the rocks and crystals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'll stand in front of them and tune into the energy of the day, trying to, you know, get a, good feel for the people that will be sitting before me and the crystals just kind of stand out mm-hmm. that want to come. And then they're the ones that, that I use. So I have those like my, my collection that I bring. And then as each person sits before me, I'll intuitively pick from those mm-hmm. for that specific person.
0: And then, and then what's next in the process after you kind of had the crystal set aside, you know, set up and the grid and everything like that. Where do you go next?
1: I close my eyes. I go into a light meditative state, and it allows me to hear directly from source, the universe, whatever you want to call it, and get messages that come through. A lot of times, 90% of the time, they're in the form of analogies, Mm -hmm. you know, pictures. um, And that always gives a really good place to go and then it just this whole new world opens up from there and I'm kind of you know in the readings I'm not not really here nor there I feel like I'm kind of in between in between worlds Some yeah, and that's something you can probably relate yeah to as somebody who works that yourself
0: you know it's funny that you mentioned because a lot of times my stuff When I work with people and when I connect to people and things like that, my stuff always comes in weird, bizarro analogies and metaphors and pictures. And Mm -hmm. it really never, ever makes sense. Have you found that in the practice of it, not just working with clients, but within your own space, like you've gotten a better (laughs) sense of how to work with that? Because I think initially when that stuff starts to come, it doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah, it's. It's always a process. Mm I mean, these things, it's constant evolution as far as, um, you know, new insights, new understandings on how to work with it. And a lot of times when I am, because the the visuals come so strong and a lot of times they won't make sense. There will be a certain picture, uh, you know, shapes or something that I'm not able to make any sense of whatsoever. And as we continue with the reading, as we, delve into more and as more messages come through then themes start developing and it creates this big picture Mm -hmm. of insight and it's really it never ceases to fascinate me about how how that whole process works and how something that you know random shapes stuck together that don't make any sense provide this whole world of (laughs) (laughs) insight and And direction and you know it's like the the big overview of everything that's going on and Mm -hmm. then it breaks down into details as the reading progresses
0: that's really cool like and because obviously i i know what you're talking about and i can relate uh completely to it because my energy work when i work with clients and things like that it's very similar When you have stuff for yourself, like, so not just maybe when you're working for yourself or reading for yourself or things like that, but when you feel like you're connected to that space where the information comes from, the source, is it kind of the same thing for you where it comes in weird shapes and forms and analogies and metaphors, or do you get clearer stuff for yourself?
1: I get clearer stuff for myself most of the time. Every once in a while, I'll get a picture, I'll get something, and... Yeah, just look up, what does this mean? <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand this at all. And then again, as things develop, as my meditation continues, or as the day progresses, or whatever the case may be, then it starts to make sense. Like, okay, I can work with this.
0: <laughs> yeah. Tell us the story about Betty. Like, how did you meet Betty? Because SoulWorks is the first place that you started doing this, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's so wonderful that that Betty was willing to jump in and give me the opportunity to start doing this publicly and mm-hmm. you know I couldn't be more grateful so I'll just I'll just give you the day of how I met Betty okay so I I channel and I I've always had a relationship with you know angels and spirit guides and this and that you feel with, like
0: you've had that your whole life yes and you kind of remember it and everything it's not something that you've had to come back to and re-remember no it's no, always I've been
1: always there. had it. That's cool. And that's, you know, provided a lot of very interesting interactions with people in my <laughs> in my younger years when, when I didn't really understand what was going on, why nobody else knew what I was talking about. Yeah. Um but the morning that I met Betty, I was downstairs getting ready for the day, you know, brushing my hair and whatnot. And Archangel Gabriel showed up. And just started chatting with me, just like you and I are chatting now. Nothing in particular, nothing super deep or amazing or, you know, really insightful. Just, you know, hey, how's it going type stuff. (laughs) And he said to me, make sure you listen today. And that was it. And then he was gone. And I'm like, okay, well, that was interesting. That's (laughs) never happened. You know, I've never had an archangel just plop down on my counter before. (laughs) So... I did that, and I, I went through my day, kind of kept it in the back of my mind, um, not dwelling on it, and I went to Dance and Cranes with my daughters, and on the way out, something told me to turn back around, and so we went back through the door, went up to the counter, and I asked um, if they were looking for any readers at that time, and the woman behind the counter said, no, but go talk to Betty. She's She's really... The, the connection uh-huh. person as far as all of that is concerned. So I went and talked to her, and I told her my story. And she said that she had just barely had somebody drop out of the fair, and she was considering whether or not she wanted to replace that person. She'd asked Archangel Gabriel to bring her the right person, <laughs> if that was meant to be. Yeah. And then I showed up, and the rest is history. So cool. <laughs> it was it was a really beautiful, amazing, amazing experience that day and um, every day since It's changed my life.
0: Yeah. So that story that you just told, it talks, I mean, the undercurrent of it is the intuition, that knowingness of trusting that information that you're receiving. Right. I think that, I think that a lot of people can relate to that because everybody has that inner voice. Everybody has that intuition and it doesn't really matter what you call it, but it's really learning how to listen to it and trust it and follow it have you has that been a process for you throughout your life have you struggled with that or was that just always something that you just were really kind of good at
1: i've always had that really strong intuition mm-hmm. as we all do and i've always known that i was supposed to listen to it <laughs> and for the most part have there've have been a handful of times throughout my life that i you know my mind my physical mind thought It could outsmart it, and I paid the price heavily in every single one of those circumstances. None of them were a minor anything, but again, all experiences that I'm very grateful for because they brought me to where I am today, so absolutely no regret ever.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I know because we've talked before, obviously, we're friends and things like that, and we see each other when we go to those fairs and at SoulWorks and the different places, and you just recently made the big decision and you left your job your career your profession and this is what you're doing now embracing this gift that you have and this desire that you have to help people right yes how's that going
1: it's (laughs) it's been a ride it's been a ride i have um i have stepped back into nursing because i i enjoy it it does fulfill a part of me i know it's not my calling but i do find it very fulfilling So I'm doing some work with that part-time.
0: How long have you been a nurse?
1: I've been a nurse for about three years.
0: And then what did you do before that?
1: Before that, what did I do before that?
0: (laughs) I think it's always interesting to see like, (laughs) because this isn't, you know, I I don't think I wish that they taught this kind of stuff in school and people would go into this career or this profession or this passion from the get-go. But so many people obviously don't. And we all have these varied pasts of like, I used to do this and I used to do that. And for whatever reason, now I'm here and I'm doing this. Mm
1: -hmm. So
0: I just think it's really, really like you can kind of see some parallels between nursing and energy work because so much of that. I mean, obviously you were incorporating, I'm sure, copious amounts of energy work in nursing, holding space and working with people and just being that type of conduit for that healing that takes place. Um, But like, what did you do before? Like, what was what was your first job?
1: My first job was at Whole Foods. <laughs> I've always I've always gravitated toward you know natural medicine, um, health foods, you know just taking care of the the physical form as well as the spiritual form. Um, always making my own blends and concoctions and you know everything along those lines just intuitively, mm-hmm. intuitively, um, and then I got certified to teach yoga in 2004 and I've been teaching yoga all over, all over since then. Um, All age groups. I taught preschool yoga for six years. Really, That was a blast. Yeah, that would be cool. (laughs) Children are naturally inclined to those things and Mm -hmm. they don't have that headspace, that fuzziness that, you know, growing up in certain areas of society can bring. So, and they got the natural flexibility and, just they not
0: concerned how they're looking in a certain pose or their butt sticking out too far. Exactly. Or, yeah.
1: And that enthusiasm for life. And I, oh man, that's, that's something that I just feel and connect with and love and am so passionate about in and of itself mm-hmm. is just that true unabashed love and fun and zest for life because it's, I mean, life is amazing. It's a yeah. blast, you know, and and to be around little beings that still embrace that and understand that and see that is the greatest feeling. I love yeah, it.
0: <laughs> that's cool. Are you still teaching yoga? I
1: do. I do private sessions now, mm-hmm. um, occasionally workshops, and I I do substitute preschool yoga. But I would like to. I would like to get back into a a yoga in the park program. I was running one of those uh, for a couple of summers shortly after I got certified and, you know, just keeping my foot in it. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't see myself doing it full time, but I definitely enjoy it. It again fulfills this, this part of me. So,
0: because we've talked before and I think we both have this same kind of feeling of like, we love doing fairs. We love doing energy work. We love, you know, being out there and helping people. But then at the same time, that's not necessarily where you see yourself. So, so, expand on that like where do you see yourself going with your let's just fast forward tell me where you're going to be in a year if you can imagine that even though you have to allow for the whole thing where like I don't even know I'm just going to let it go and flow and see what happens (laughs) but if you could picture it if you could paint it what would it look like
1: um very music based very very music based um I actually have a music project I'm currently working on just solo and so doing doing more with that.
0: Tell us about it. What's the project you're working on?
1: Well, I when I do energy work, so at the fairs I do channeling.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um and kind of leave it in that little compartment. When I do private sessions as far as healing work and energy work and and all of that goes, I incorporate the use of um vocal sound healing Mm -hmm. so we're all familiar with the tibetan singing bowls with bells with chimes with all of those types of things and this is in a lot of ways that same concept but it's with the voice as the um emitter of sound and the the whole concept behind that is i mean i've always i've always been a singer i've always uh felt very strongly about the power of sound and what it's capable of. And we're just on the cusp of really discovering we're on the tip of the tip of the iceberg, yeah. <laughs> finding out how deeply sound can heal and, transform because we are vibrational beings Mm -hmm. everything around us is vibration everything is perception of vibration that is that is what we consider reality it's all perception of vibration and what is sound but vibration so by using sound we can literally transform our reality we can transform health we can transform everything when there's intention and energy and love and you know, all of these wonderful things that get to the core of who we are as spiritual beings. When we put that through and send it out in waves of beautiful vibration, it's the the effects are astounding. And I am so excited to really delve into this farther and see what we can do.
0: What you can do. Like, are you excited? Because... How often do you use that kind of aspect of healing in your work when you have a client that comes for like a private session outside of that fair environment?
1: 98% of the time. The majority of the time. Mm-hmm. So, and, oh, what my original, my original <laughs> point, <laughs> I went off on that beautiful tangent. Uh, so as vibrational beings, we each have a, a core tone that resonates with us personally. Mm-hmm. Because I like to think of our world, our, you know, all of the energy around us as a symphony, basically. And we each have our part, we each have our instrument, we each have our note that we play at any given time that is specific to us Mm -hmm. as individuals. And by incorporating, and this is what I love about uh, being able to use the voice, is that there's a much broader range. So when I sit down in a private session to use sound healing, I will play around with different tones, with different notes, and find the note, the tone that is specific to the individual that I'm working with.
0: What frequency they're kind of at and stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's not a vibration thing. Like as far as uh, high frequency, low frequency, it doesn't. That's that's irrelevant. Um, it's the the physical sound that the body is responding to in that moment. And that can really expedite healing when you hit on that. And I've seen some amazing results.
0: Mm-hmm. That's that's really cool. I mean, I've never seen anybody. I think that would probably be a hard thing to do in a fair environment.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's not real conducive to large groups of people and distractions and noise and things like that. But I think that's super cool. That's a really neat direction, I think. And that, that's that's exciting. Thank you. Were you born and raised in Utah? I was. Yeah. I
1: was. I'm um both my parents are first generation American. So most of my family is over in Europe, scattered around Germany and Italy. And I am the only one that was born in Utah. <laughs> really? So yeah, raised in Catholic school, which was an interesting experience as well. Yeah, I never you know, it's it's funny because Utah has this whole stigma about it. Zion and this and that, and I didn't even know what a Mormon was until I was in fourth grade. Oh wow. So I've always kind of lived in my own little bubble, I guess. I used to call it Catland when I was a kid, just <laughs> <laughs> joking around. But but there's there's kind of some truth to that because I always just assumed that everybody was on the same wavelength as me and never really thought much of it. And it always came as a shock to me, time and time again, when when I would start talking about something that I just Felt or or whatever, and I'd just get these funny looks. <laughs> like, what? <laughs>
0: <laughs> did you struggle growing up Catholic? Like, how did you come to terms with the whole religion aspect and God? And because that's not your belief system now, necessarily, right?
1: No, and it it really never was theology. That's the word I was looking for. That's I a find good, yeah. theology that's the good word. <laughs> very fascinating, very fascinating. And so I embraced all of the experiences that I had. Growing up in Catholic school, we did study world religion, and I loved that and kind of um, embraced the whole concept of Hinduism, which was exacerbated when I got certified to teach yoga. I went and lived on a Hindu ashram for a month. Very ingrained in that in that culture. And a Hindu what ashram?
0: I have no idea what that is. It's
1: like a spiritual land, and okay. so we would wake up, we did two hours of meditation every morning, two hours of yoga, go through our yoga classes as far as like the anatomy and the instruction all of that, um, did kirtan and, you know, a little bit, a little bit of Sanskrit study and then two more hours of meditation at night followed by two more hours of yoga. It was a phenomenal experience. It
0: was a month that you were there. Mm -hmm. And where was it?
1: It was in grass Valley, California.
0: Nice.
1: Shivananda yoga ashram.
0: That's super cool.
1: It was amazing. (laughs) I wouldn't trade it for the world. Um, so anyway, back to, back to theology. So growing up in Catholic school, it was always, I always kind of took it with a grain of salt in the sense of, I was able to appreciate the, you know, the concepts and everything because there's a part of me that understood the origin of it all. Mm -hmm. And so while I, I don't, you know, necessarily believe the practices or didn't necessarily believe the practices and the, the ritual of it. There was a part of me that was able to understand how it all came about and appreciate that at face value. But, you know, when I would go home, I would still meditate. I would burn my incense. <laughs> I would, <laughs> you know, kind of go, go back into my own inner world that I knew was my own truth as a result. So it was kind of a, you know, a, a twofold, I can't say double, a double life. although it kind of felt like it at times yeah but it sounds like
0: you took from it what you needed and you know benefited from it and things but at the same time it wasn't you know your belief system
1: yeah it never resonated with me as as a belief as all of that and i opted out of you know a lot of the traditional catholic things at certain ages you know like the communion and yeah, you know what I mean. Oh, yeah, all that different <laughs> all Catholic the, stuff. The ritual of it. <laughs> did
0: your mom or your parents or anything? Did they struggle with? I mean, did they always embrace what you were doing, and were supportive or?
1: Um, yeah, <laughs> that was that was an interesting dynamic too. My mom was a little more open with it. Um, my sister was a little bit more open with it. Kind of freaked her out though. So I just stop talking about things with her and (laughs) my dad was kind of this i won't ask you don't tell and we're all good yeah so you know i learned very early on because i remember being very 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 small and i would get so excited about things that i would see about entities that i would talk to and you know these colors and this and that and it was not really received so i just kind of stopped talking about it but instead of shutting it off i just internalized it all and kept it to myself. So, because I've, I had that fulfillment and I knew, I knew that that was home Yeah. for me.
0: That's cool. You were able to do that. Cause I think a lot of times when people start to experience the, the negative aspect of it, when they share it with people where they're looked at or viewed strangely, or, you know, you're not just crazy, but you stop talking about this or I think that happens a lot and then Mm -hmm. like you said people will just shut it off people will kind of disconnect from it and distance themselves from it because they do think or they start to view themselves that way and think that way and they want to be normal and they want to be accepted and loved and all those kind of things and so that's cool that you were able to kind of just internalize it and still keep it present and that's. That's super cool.
1: (laughs) I'm, I'm very grateful for that. And I do believe that music played a big part in that because I came out of the womb singing (laughs) pretty literally. (laughs) So, um, so having that outlet to pour myself into when people wouldn't understand my words to be able to exude that same energy through song. I think that that was really, um, really impactful and, possibly even a saving grace. I can't say for sure otherwise because I didn't have another experience, but I I definitely felt a a negative impact when I was not singing, when you know, going through periods of my life where I would take a break. Yeah. and it would start to impact me very negatively, and as soon as I would start singing again, then everything just righted itself. Yeah. <laughs> it fell right into place.
0: I want to talk about there's a lot of dogma in spirituality and in the realm of like energy work and just all this stuff and people, you know, you'll read about things, you'll hear about things, people will talk about things and it almost becomes like the accepted norm. Um, I mean, it becomes like a belief system, a communal belief system that people in, you know, kind of take part of. And there's parts of that that resonate with me. There's parts of that, that I kind of connect with. And then there's other parts of it that I think are just bullshit. Do you know what I mean? For example, tell me what you think when it comes to, and No judgment whatsoever if for some reason you're agreeing with the bullshit that I think is bullshit. I I don't think (laughs) that at all. And that's the other thing too, is I'm not judging anybody in any way, shape or form. I think it's very specific to the individual. But what I'm talking about is I think when people don't uh, seek out what is truth for them, when they don't take an idea, a concept, a belief system, and then really make sure that that's what it is for them rather than just assuming that it's the accepted norm. And so let's talk about past lives. Because that's that's the thing that's popping into my head. That's the thing that I kind of want to talk about. Um, tell me your viewpoint on past lives.
1: I don't believe that any of us has lived any specific past lives. Mm-hmm. I believe it as more of a concept, um, because life is continuous. Life is, I mean, it it's constant. It's um, you know, it it changes form, but it it never really ends or begins and so talking about past lives I think that or I believe very strongly actually when people do refer to past life experiences I mean you hear about people who have very specific memories mm-hmm. I think it's tuning into the collective because we are all of the same energy yeah we're all of the same source again life is life and continues through forms through Time um, through, you know, all of these perceptions, but it doesn't really change at its core. And so, I believe that any sort of past life karma that people talk about, past life experiences, they're tuning into one piece of the collective. Just as if I'm, you know, channeling during a reading, I can tune into information regarding a person's situation. Um, I believe that when somebody is tuning into a past life experience, it's just tuning into something that happened, whether it be specific or vague, it could be tuning into the energy of it. And I think that's what, you know, when we refer to past life karma, because all of these habits, all of these energies um, have remained ingrained in us to an extent. Yeah. And so when we're resolving past life karma, it's not necessarily our own. It's on behalf of the collective, and we all have our own part to play in that.
0: See, I like that. Because that's that's kind of the thing I'm talking where people will, you know, you always hear people comment, well, I must have had this experience in a past life, and now that's why I have, now that's why I'm behaving the way that I am in my current life. And they pawn it off on this past life experience, almost like an excuse or a way out of really dealing with what they're really dealing with right now. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I struggled with that cause I would have, I would have like a past life experience or what would typically be labeled a past life experience where I would have it through meditation or through some other sort of like energy work, you know, somebody else was facilitating or something like that and you feel very connected to it. But then the whole struggle for me was like, everything's now like everything's in the present Mm-hmm. You know the, that's a really big thing for me it's like it's just now the time doesn't really exist other than the present moment. So how can it be a past life then? <laughs> yeah and so it's kind of similar the you know I like the way that you describe it that whole conscious thing and that you're just connecting into that space and even I, I like the way you described as well that you know you're healing that aspect of that that collective consciousness energy that's out there and it's not necessarily just for you, but it's for the, it's for the whole, it's for the universe, it's for that source that everybody stems from. Mm -hmm. Um, do you find that when you, cause I'm assuming that when you channel sometimes or when you work with clients, sometimes you will get stuff that will come up. That seems very past lifey. So how do you, how do you deal with that? Like, do you know what I mean? Do you go through the effort of trying to explain it to the client? Like, or do you just use the the moniker of a past life so that they understand it?
1: Neither. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good. Well, tell me what you do then.
1: <laughs> I I try to bring awareness to the root of that, and so instead of referring to past lives in any sense, because honestly, I'm not comfortable with that because I can't say I necessarily believe. Oh, we had past lives, so uh-huh. I can't speak um, out of my own authenticity. It doesn't work for me or outside of it. Excuse me. So I just, I, I touch on, you know, we have this energy. I reiterate the concept of the connectedness between us all. And as far as, um, you know, working through it, help provide tools that would be of specific benefit to the person in front of me to help work through that and help them understand the the beauty and the benefit of working through it because we all, we all have a part. And, you know, what's so, what's so beautiful to me about, about the fact that we are all in this together is that it's giving us responsibility for not only ourselves, but for all those we care about, for all those that we, love that we connect with that we see even if we're not on that same vibrational level to know that you can bring everybody up through working through these things that's amazing it's so beautiful yeah and there is something so empowering and so validating because we do live in a time where and in a form this physical form where we're, we're starting to get out of this, but it is, it is in our humanness to need that validation sometimes. So to, to know that you are validated by, you know, collective um, source energy, just this limitless love that we are and, and carry that through and bring everybody up. It's, you know, and, and having that, that piece of responsibility and that, um, that ownership of where we're going all together, mm-hmm. that's, you know, I can't think of anything greater myself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is a pretty great thing. Um, this other concept and idea I want to talk to you about, um, I think that this is me personally, this is my kind of Uh, idea or belief or thought process I suppose is a better way to describe it I think that there's old energy on the planet and then I think there's a wave of new energy on the planet Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I think that people are stuck in the practices and the beliefs and the really the way of working with energy and it's the old energy that is stuck there where and like to elaborate even further so i think about a lot of traditional things that stem from native cultures whether they're native american whether they're shamanic whether i mean anything that you know has been going on for thousands of years and we're still practicing it today i think that's old energy mm-hmm. and i don't think that's bad in any way shape or form i think it's the foundation but i think that there's a new kind of energy that exists a new vibration a new frequency that is now here and present and the planet is functioning on and vibrating at not just the planet, but the universe. And so I think we have to find a, like a happy marriage between using the foundational work of the old energy, but yet realizing you have to expand upon it and kind of get outside of the, um, the realm of what we've always done with it. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. What do you think?
1: I feel like we are going that direction and we have been, it's a very slow process, but look at where we were you know, a hundred years ago, mm-hmm. look at, look, I mean, look at us, we're working with the public intuitively doing this energy work, doing all of these things that would have been completely, completely out there and frowned upon. And, you know, even before that, um, you know, life threatening. Yeah. And now there's this openness around it and, you know, it, at the very worst, if somebody doesn't agree with it, it's not, oh, let's go burn you at the stake. It's, oh, you're, you're that type of person, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So that's, that's huge. That's huge for where we've come. And, you know, there still is a place for these old practices, because if that's, if that's what people are able to feel and relate with, to keep in touch with their spirituality, then they absolutely still have a place. And in the meantime, we do have all this new energy that's entering and we do have, you know, all of these huge um, realizations and advancements and and all of these things in this new age that we're stepping into. And so we're in that time of transition right now where that page is being turned where you haven't quite finished reading what's on the (laughs) (laughs) what's on the first page. But you know it's coming, so you've already started to turn it. Uh-huh. We're kind of at that <laughs> at that point right now. So i I feel that the the really base importance is that people are finding a way to remain connected spiritually, however that looks to them. And I find that that part irrelevant. But the connection is the important thing. Yeah. And you know this this gradual transition. That is not so gradual as we, you know, go on in time. It seems like it's just speeding up like crazy. I mean, yeah, going through this mass awakening right now. It's awesome. Um, but that will that will find its place, and that will be the new old energy before we know it.
0: <laughs> you know, probably. Yeah, <laughs> I think you're right.
1: But again, just to reiterate, I real, real importance through all of that is that people are finding a way to remain spiritually connected.
0: So what do you do to remain spiritually connected? What is it that you do, like your own kind of practices and things like that? I
1: meditate and do yoga. (laughs) (laughs) So those are, those are the big things. Um, You know, I, I wake up very early every morning and start my day with meditation and yoga Um, ideally end it the same way that's kind of hit and miss though, but just, you know, having that, that check in, setting the intentions for the day. Um, and then throughout the day, I'll take a few minutes here and there and just kind of check in with myself, see where I'm at, see where I need to tweak my energy. You know, if I'm starting to, to lower vibrationally in this little area because of something that happened, just, kind of given myself those little reminders, like, oh, it, this doesn't really matter <laughs> in the long run. <laughs> like, it's all good. We're fine. <laughs> okay. And then carrying on, you know? Yeah. Um, and then I do, I'm one of those people that goes through every day, all day, just randomly singing. And I feel like that, that's what helps me stay centered, you know, and everybody has their own thing. And if you don't, I very much encourage you to find one. Because creative outlet, whatever it is, any form, it could be, you know, building a little matchstick house, it doesn't even matter. Anything that you can do just off the cuff, doodling on a napkin, who cares, to bring yourself back into that place of alignment is so far beyond words beneficial.
0: Yeah, it's necessary, I think. Mm -hmm. I think when you can have that creative outlet, like you said, in any way, shape or form, I think that that's a real strong connection to the universe and to that source energy. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a good way to stay balanced.
1: And so we are creators. <laughs>
0: so if you could pick one place on the planet to live, to move to, to set up shop, where would it be? Oh
1: gosh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> have you ever thought about that?
1: You know, I, I have, and my answer has changed constantly. Um, But really, home is where you make it, right? Yeah. And so I love Salt Lake, to be honest. I absolutely love it here. I'm a total desert dweller. Um, I would love to move down to, you know, I love Moab and all of that. But we're at a great place. It's only three hours away. Um, I have always wanted to see India. That's always been something that I felt very strongly I feel so connected with that country to go to India mm-hmm.
0: why do you think that is
1: I couldn't tell you
0: <laughs> <laughs> like what is it I've, that drives you there I've
1: just I felt very connected with with the whole spirituality surrounding surrounding India and the Hindu practices and I think um that was exacerbated by my experiences on the Ashram, but I've always felt very connected prior as well. Um, that that Shakti energy and the the Sanskrit, the way that the way that so much can be said in so few syllables uh, fascinated me with the language and um and the whole culture there and the joy and the tradition and you know, that's it's, it's a very powerful place. So to be there in person and really absorb all of that energy and and feel it, I think, would be phenomenal.
0: Would you uh, want to move there and live there or just vacation and visit maybe for an extended period visit. of time? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. I don't know. You know, I've, I've kind of – it's funny because we grow up having these ideas of where we see ourselves and, you know, where we want to go and what we want to do. And I've kind of reached that point in my life where I've just thrown my hands in the air. I'm like, all right, let's just see what happens. (laughs) It's all good. So where I end up, I end up. I'm just as happy regardless. I don't have my heart set on anywhere or anything. Just remaining open and doing what you love and seeing where it takes you. Do you have a
0: favorite place that you like to go? Like someplace Moab?
1: Yeah. Just the desert. Yeah. And I don't know what it is with that desert energy. I just... That fills me up. Yeah. That's good.
0: Um, you have two daughters, right? Mm-hmm. How old are they?
1: They are 10 and 8.
0: 10 and 8? Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of things do you see in them when it comes to all of this stuff?
1: Oh, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've actually had a very strong connection with them since before they were born.
0: Uh-huh.
1: I... I'll tell you the story about my oldest. So when, let's see, I must have been 20. I think I was 20. 19. I don't I was young. And I found out that my grandmother was diagnosed with cancer. And we went out to California to visit with family and, you know, be supportive and what you do with family. Mm-hmm. And I was... Staying with my cousins one night, and we were chatting about you know, whatever, just getting our minds off of everything. And I just blurted out, "I'm going to have a little girl right before my noni dies." And I wasn't in in any relationship then. I, you know, hadn't even met my daughter's dad. And uh, long story short, I had her ten days before she died. Um, she came to me in dreams. She named herself. Well, she told me what her name was. She told me what day she was going to be born. Um, and we always had a very, very strong connection. And then she came here into this physical world and has always been master manifester. <laughs> very intuitive as yeah. well. Um, and then similar story. Minus the circle of life aspect with my youngest, um, she communicated with me that she was ready to come down. And so, again, I knew when she was going to be born. She told me her name and is also very intuitive um, in different ways, though. Like they're, they're kind of the representation of the, the that older soul energy and that new springing into life bringing all this where we're going energy yeah. onto the planet. So I've got one that's this, you know, ancient healer wise. And then this other one who's just highly intuitive, highly sensitive, but go getter. like, let's go yeah. <laughs> make everything amazing. So it's, it's really, it's really neat watching them grow up and see where their interests are and their natural abilities. And I really try to do everything that I can to foster that in them. And, you know, we talked about what a soft spot I have for kids. I just, ah, oh, children. <laughs> and I do have um, one of the things that I, I would like to do in the future, and I've been developing this, just the technical, you know, the, the physical aspects of how to lay it all out and make it work and bring people and, you know, people have been coming to me and it's it's starting to find its place organically, but I do want to um, create a program, almost like an after-school type program, uh-huh. for children where they can come and have that aspect of themselves nurtured. Because as we talked about before, um, you know, I feel very fortunate that I never lost that, mm-hmm. and it breaks my heart to think of all these. Beautiful, amazing souls coming here to earth and not feeling understood and shutting this essential part of themselves down. So, to have somewhere that they can go and to have that nurtured and, um, you know, their talents, you know, refined, a place where they can practice on their intuition and practice, you know, healing and working with energy and all of that and have a creative outlet and. You know, somewhere where they can just feel safe and understood, I feel would be invaluable
0: that would to be our super children. Cool.
1: So that's that's something that I'm I'm working on, and um, you know, I'm excited to see come to fruition.
0: Yeah, that would be neat. Um, do you find that your daughters? Ex- I mean, I'm sure they they're experiencing a ton of different things, but for the most part, do they manage it and kind of do okay? Or do you kind of have to help them through the process? And when I say experiencing a lot of things, I mean like like you talked about when you were a kid, seeing things and hearing things and do you know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How do they manage that?
1: We always talk about everything very openly. Yeah. And it's it's been such a benefit to them since I quit full time nursing mm-hmm. and have stepped more into this world as far as career, as far as just enveloping our lives go. Um because they they really feel like it's it's a bigger part of everything now in our understanding that it is something to embrace and to follow and to listen to and to talk about and not be ashamed of and not not hide or close off so you know they've had they've had experiences and they always come to me and and we talk about it and you know work through it and sometimes they'll meditate with me and you know, whatever, whatever the situation may be, it's always a focus on what is your intuition saying about this and helping them just work that muscle.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Helping them through that process. What were you like? What, what, what did you think was going to happen? Like, how did you kind of envision? What did you think you were going to talk about here? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Just down for whatever. Yeah,
1: again, not just rolling with it. Yeah, type thing. I did have there was a lot coming into my mind this morning as well, and it's all just since vanished.
0: Just all gone. Yeah. How do you manage the stigma attached to this stuff? Do you just not let it bother you? Do you just not oh, worry about it?
1: It doesn't phase me, not at all.
0: Do you have anybody in your life that, as far as like relationships goes, and I'm not talking about you know but like people that you interact with that the relationship is really strained because you've chosen to kind of do this and embrace this and be this. No. Really?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Surprisingly, you know, I wasn't sure I wasn't sure um and it was actually when when I started soulworks and You know, a couple of the other practitioners there kind of joked about coming out of the psychic closet, you Mm -hmm. know, coming out of the spiritual closet. And and I opened up about it. And for the first time in my life, really just like no holds barred, opened up about everything and would just talk about it like it was normal. And it was received the same way. Yeah. Like just typical conversation, like my talking about, you know, talking to my late great grandfather who since passed away, you know, however many years ago, mm-hmm. is just as normal as talking about the weather. And I feel that so much of this is the energy that we put across. If we, if we kind of have that hesitance, if we have that, um, you know, apprehension about how it's going to be received, it will be received with apprehension. But if we don't have that, if we talk about, you know aligning the chakras the same as you talk about, oh, that cloud over there, Yeah. then it's going to be received the same. And that was something I didn't know until I was doing it, until I was in there. And um, it's actually been a really, really wonderful thing because in, in talking about this with anybody, I mean, I don't go around and preach and this and that, but, <laughs> you know, I don't hide, I don't pretend. Uh-huh. So if something triggers, you know, if something gets me to talk about this topic that just happens to be in the metaphysical realm, I don't stop myself because, oh, I'm not sure what that person is going to think, yeah. how it's going to be received. Um, and even, even without having to say too much, just that change in my own perception, that that shift in my own energy Mm -hmm. as far as being more open with it. I've had a lot of people that would be people I would not in a million years think to have any desire to have a conversation about any of it, approaching me and asking me questions and inquiring and um, finding themselves interested in what I have to say in the metaphysical and the spiritual topics. And so it's been really wonderful to see this new openness that's occurring in people. And I don't know if, well, I, I do believe that it is a mass, you know, part of, part of the mass awakening. Um, But it just seemed like such a sudden shift. Yeah. It
0: seems like it just happened and probably kind of feels like it happened recently, like within the last year or two Mm -hmm. where you just see it so much more. Yeah. Um, What's some of the craziest things that you've experienced through, Like if you can share an example of something, whether it be through meditation or, you know, visions or whatever, it doesn't matter what we call it, but what's the craziest thing that you kind of can remember that you've experienced in that state and in that place?
1: Oh gosh, there have been, (laughs) there have been a lot. Um, the first one that sticks out in my mind was when I was 10 actually, and I think this one stands out because it was the first time in my life that I realized there was so much more consciously realized. Because um, before that, like I always had these, these intuitive things, these, you know, feelings, I the colors and this and that. But when I was 10, there was a, a boy who had passed on that directly approached me for help. And that was, I want to say life-changing, but I can't, (laughs) I can't really say that (laughs) because it wasn't, it wasn't surprising, but it was so profound. Yeah. And that, that's when it really hit me that, oh, this is, like I can help people, help energy. Mm Mm-hmm and no physical or non-physical it doesn't matter like I'm I'm a part of this and so that was that was a really amazing experience um and the first time I directly connected with infinite consciousness (laughs) that was amazing it was was like talking to the stars
0: yeah it's hard to put into words huh yeah like it's hard because you so much of it I think Yes, it's, there's visual aspects to it where you kind of see things, and but so much of it is the feeling associated with it and mm-hmm. then trying to verbalize and put into words. Feeling, I think a lot of time, is really, really difficult. Yeah. I know I struggle with that a lot, trying to really fully express the depth of emotion and feeling and especially when it comes from source and when it comes from that space out there that, you know, holds so much, mm-hmm. then it's like, how in the hell do you explain that? Yeah. It's challenging.
1: Yeah. And I think that's when it really hit me because I was, it was around that same age. And that was when it really hit me. Like, you can't even try to, <laughs> to explain, you know, and it's interesting just how you're talking about, you know, forming words around everything that this is. I really feel like we are heading in that direction where words are becoming less and less necessary. And, you know, I remember being a kid and I was perceived as painfully shy.
0: Yeah.
1: And I never, I never felt that about myself. It was this weird label that, that I didn't understand. Just as I didn't understand how people couldn't just know through my energy, it was like this, this expectation. That I came into this world with—that everybody communicated in energy, and words are just superfluous. Yeah. And as I got older, I realized that people aren't really getting that. <laughs> <You
0: know? laughs> it's not working. For I got to so figure well. out how this <laughs> <laughs>
1: like language thing works because <laughs> because we got to be on the same page somewhere.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So, but it's, it's really cool because I feel as this awareness is opening and as this, you know, awakening is happening, people are starting to become more in tune to each other's energy and, you know, and words are becoming more and more unnecessary because I do believe that we are all inherently telepathic to a degree. Um, and, you know, to, to see that embraced and, you know, it's interesting. Okay. So I've read about right now. We're in, like, at, at the ending, ending days of this whole mind-centered reality. And now we're shifting more into uh, where, what we would consider the solar plexus. Uh-huh. And that's where it's like our spiritual brain, <laughs> basically. And that's starting to find its place as our center of awareness, as opposed to the mind, because whereas the mind is very physical, very, oh, I can see this with my physical eyes, therefore it is real. I can feel this with my physical hand, therefore it is real. The, the solar plexus, you know, that that centered thinking is a full understanding that everything is vibration, everything is perception, everything is energy, and operating from a reality, for lack of a better word in that understanding in that place of understanding and that's going to change the world
0: a lot beyond (laughs) words Yeah, (laughs) a lot (laughs) um have you ever had your when I say your faith I mean have you ever had your belief in all of this stuff have you ever had it challenged because of an experience or something that you kind of had to survive through
1: I've had it strengthened through things that I've had to survive through. Yeah. I don't know if I can say it's been challenged, but I have been through things that took me away a little bit. I just, I lost the close connection. But as far as ever questioning, I never did. It's always just been... More, more in touch, more out of touch. Okay, this time in my life, I kind of yeah. didn't meditate for a year <laughs> <laughs> and forgot a couple of things. But then I remembered, and yeah. then some, and then you know it happens again, and then I remembered, and then some, and so it's just gotten stronger and stronger and stronger. Um, and where I am now, I'm able to look back on some of the the big challenges that I've had in my life and be so grateful and in a place where I can't do anything except bless them. And
0: yeah. (laughs) And grow from them. And
1: grow from them. Yeah. And just, I couldn't be more blessed because of those experiences.
0: Well, that's a good way to look at it. I think a lot of people obviously turn to the opposite side where they're going to distance themselves from it and try to pick apart and understand why bad things happen and all that kind of stuff. And, that's chaos, I think, in my mind.
1: It is. But we are here for contrast. You know, it is it is a ride,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and so we can't really do much else aside from go through life going, wee <laughs> because, <laughs> because that's what it is. It's all expansion. Everything is expansion, and it's not just our own. It's for the collective. Everything that we go through is benefiting the collective consciousness, benefiting all of us, like we talked about earlier, and we need that contrast because without the contrast, we don't know what it is that we're here to, to seek, to find, to grow from. And it's, I don't know if you listen to, uh, you know, Abraham Hicks at mm-hmm. all. Um, she, Esther talks a lot about contrast and I, I agree 100%. Um, you know, she says, you don't know what you do want until you know what you don't want. Yeah. And sometimes it is those downtimes, those um, those really difficult, difficult times that just make us shoot up like a rocket into a, an amazing place that we didn't know we were capable of. Mm-hmm. But it took getting to that point to find that determination, to find that will, to find that strength inside of ourselves to just push beyond what we think we can even do
0: yeah so this is going to be a real challenge for you okay Okay. i want you to envision the person that's on a spiritual journey somebody that has kind of woke up and they're in the process of and they're learning and they're studying and they're kind of absorbing all this information and they're trying to really get a firm grasp on what it means for them Um, but they're struggling with the balance and they're struggling with trying to put pieces together and do you know what I mean, their humanness and their ego and they're just struggling with the whole process but they have a desire to embrace it completely and fully so you have to give that person one piece of advice in the form of one word
1: one word
0: (laughs) like what would be the one thing that you would say to them that they would take or that you would hope that they would kind of gleam from and help them along in that journey and in that process
1: I'll
0: give you a second to think
1: the first word that comes to mind is listen listen because we have all of the answers inside of ourselves already Mm -hmm. the roots are there everything is there we don't have to do anything except listen
0: listen it's a good word that's a good piece of advice.
1: Thank you. <laughs> you know, so often we have a tendency to go and look for answers outside of ourselves and books and, you know, blog posts and, um, I don't know, websites, whatever, whatever your preference is as far as outside media or whatnot. But what I've come to discover through my own journey and through my own process is that really does nothing except make me lose sight of my own journey and my own path. Yeah. And that's not to say that there, there's no benefit in that, but I don't, I don't feel like it's ever a good idea to, you know, jump in and absorb, I think, you know, a page or two here and there reminders, there's some really good information out there. There really is. So I'm not discounting that by any means. But to, to really embrace the concept that we do have all of the answers inside of ourselves and that while we're all on the same journey, we're all on, on our individual journeys as well. So the same basis is there. <gasps> it's like that. Oh gosh. What are they? <laughs> are they aspen trees? No, there's, there's Quakeys? a, uh, uh, System of trees Uh and they're all individual trees, but all the roots are connected. Yeah. Yes. What is it?
0: Those are quakies. Okay. Thank you.
1: (laughs) But yes. So that's, that's how we are. And each tree needs to be watered and, you know, cared for if we're, if we're in charge of it, you know, taking care of it as you would, um, and that's going to be individual, but the roots are the same that each tree is not going to grow the same way. Each tree is not going to, you know, take the same path, have the same number of branches, have, you know, it's, they're all individual, even though their roots are the same. Yeah. And that is exactly how we are. So to have like a one size fits all approach to spirituality is just bullshit. (laughs) It's not, it's not feasible. It's not. So by, taking some of the foundation and that's where some of these books and you know speakers and this and that are amazing amazing they're tools they're not like the crux they are the the tool uh-huh. the yeah the watering can not the water <laughs> <laughs> the water is already there yeah you. <laughs> so it's just accessing it
0: So tell me what your Facebook page is, because that's where people can find you and a lot of information about you, right?
1: So I have, um, my fan page is Vani Devi, Mm -hmm. Meyer, and spelled V-A-N-I, next word, D-E-V-I.
0: And what's that in reference to?
1: Um, That was a spiritual name given to me by Swami Sita on the, the ashram. Nice. And it is interpreted as goddess of the voice. Very good. So... That's very beautiful. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's your Facebook page. That's
1: my Facebook page, um, and then I've got my my own page, who I actually have the majority of my um, friends, clients. Everybody. <laughs> yeah, and that's uh, that's just my name, Cat and
0: that's the kind of the probably the best way to find you and contact you if it, people are interested in learning more and everything.
1: Yeah, I don't have much on my fan page, but if you if you friend me um, on my personal page, then it's got all my work stuff, all my spiritual stuff, everything right there.
0: Well, sweet. So, what do you have coming up?
1: Next weekend is the Crystal Festival at Rock Pick Legend, so it's, I'll be there on Friday.
0: That's like June 10th and 11th, right? Yes cool
1: yes oh ninth and tenth friday saturday friday saturday yeah <laughs> second second weekend in june yeah
0: excellent well thank you so much kat
1: oh thank you craig it's been it was great blast. to talk to
0: you and learn more about you and everything and i really really appreciate it
1: thank you it was a lot of fun thank you
0: thank you thanks everybody for listening to the energies love podcast have a wonderful day Bye bye.
1: <laughs> it was like talking to the stars Archangel Gabriel showed up. We're on the tip of the tip of the iceberg. It came out of the womb singing.